following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Hello, everybody, and welcome to a brand new episode of the Two Point Conversation Football Talk for Fans by Fans right here on the network at BICBP-radio.com. My name is Matt Johnson, one of your hosts alongside with me for a new month, but your typical episodes of NFL history, Mr. Andrew Lenz. Andrew, happy Friday. How are we feeling? Not too bad. Not too bad. Got told to pretty much leave a restaurant the other day it was pretty interesting did you know yeah i've never had this happen i walked into an establishment my wife and i and they asked us they said are you here to pick up an online order i said we said no and then they said we cannot serve you because we are too far behind on online orders huh so oh i thought you maybe you did something no no come on you think that low of me that I would do something. Hey, I didn't say, I mean, I didn't necessarily just mean you. Somebody, somebody said Joe Namath who, and I flipped over a table. <laughs> Man, I heard, I don't know. You never know. I heard Jacoby's vocabulary a couple times. I don't know. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know. <laughs> many, many extra minutos editing Jacoby episodes. <laughs> you no. never know. <laughs> it's cool. Well, yeah, I'm having an okay week. Oh, it's been an okay week. Just okay. Just okay. I think the other problem with this week is it's been kind of. It reminds me of like the week after Christmas and New Year's when it comes to NFL news, like the way that it came at us. Right. It was like just having like the best Christmas ever. And then you're like, oh, I can't wait for New Year's. I'm going to party. I'm going to stay up late. And you're like, yeah, that's cool. And then afterwards, you're like, I'm bored. <laughs> like, I'm very bored. I'm very bored. Like, People are restless, too. I don't know. I, I just like, I, I don't know. Everybody's like being dicks about football. Like I feel like I can't talk football with, with people because everybody's being dicks. Yeah. I don't know. Everyone's like in this dickish mood lately. And it's like I can't I can't I can't stand it. I I hear you on that one. <laughs> like you can't even have fun and converse about things and people or everybody's gotta give a dickhead a response. Ugh. I can't even be people won't even let me be happy about Matt Ryan. Oh my god. Okay. I hate, I'm tired of people today. I'm tired of people this week, this month, just all the time, all the time. Why wouldn't you want to be happy about Matt Ryan? I don't understand. People that keep is- telling me that I'm going to, I'm going to be complaining about Matt Ryan. Like I did about Carson Wentz in I- a year. They really like people have no idea I how bad fucking Carson Wentz was. They have I- no idea. 
I used to be the biggest Carson Wentz supporter. Me too. You, you and you know that. And then we did that what if Carson Wentz episode and I did some digging and found out from you and looked at certain things and there's things that just didn't make sense to me. So I think you should be happy with Matt Ryan because I think he brings back not that I, I don't see that as loud leadership, but I think he brings back that Philip Rivers leadership that you guys needed, that veteran presence in the huddle, game manager. Uh, Matt Ryan never really had, I mean, he's had decent running games, but he's never really had, a, I think, a defense like the Colts. So, I mean, you should be happy. I mean, I'm getting crap. I'm getting the crap about Ty or Tua can't throw deep. And why did we get Tyreek Hill? And, you know, this and that. And da da da. And uh, I, I, I internalize in my head and I yell, you know, pure, we're, we're going to be running some type of variant of the West Coast offense. And pure West Coast offense is not throwing the ball deep. Right. If you, if you do study on it, it's not throwing the ball deep. It's five to 10 yard timing routes and you let the player go. Yeah. So I, I hear you. I think it's frustrating. I don't know. Like just push it. Maybe all it's hard for me too. Cause of my values in football. Like maybe, I mean, I don't know if this is payback for just shitting on bills fans all the time or what. You know, I get excited to see them excited, but man, when they're, when they're, when they're douches, I gotta, you know what I mean? I gotta kind of check them a little. I, I don't know. I don't know if it's karma, but it sucks that I feel like I can't, I'm not allowed to be excited for football. Like by people and, and like I am, but it's just like people just literally have to go out of the way. I don't know. I just, I hate it. This is why our show was created to be a little different in that regard, but yeah, just still well, hate people. Bill fans, your, your age. I think are a little bit more rowdy because it's like that lottery winner. Right. That's never been rich before. <laughs> so they're like, well, I'm just going to go crazy and do all this spending money and stuff. We're a Bills fan a little bit more. My age is like, I've lived through it or, you know, older I've, I've, I've lived through it. I've seen it. You know, I'm just going to kind of enjoy it. I see that a little bit of a difference from the younger Bills fans. Oh, it's much different. Yeah. But I'm excited. And you know what else I'm excited for, Matt? What's that? That I, we get spring football. I'm talking I'm so about ready. with pushback, just pushback on something and bad mouthing it. Oh, can I do your little uh, voice? <laughs> Absolutely, you can. <laughs> you know, the, the uh, you don't want to, it's going to fail. It's going to do this. That, that's fine if it fails, but the USFL is in any secondary football league is good for the NFL, no matter if it succeeds or if it fails, because what does it do to the NFL? What does history show? It improves the NFL and it shows the NFL different things can work. And that's why I'm excited for the USFL. And we are going to talk about, have a little discussion of not this newer USFL, 
but the old school USFL that I wish I could have seen. I don't know about you, but I wish I definitely could have lived through that 83 to 85 when they were. Oh, undoubtedly, undoubtedly. You know, I, you talk to people about it who actually like live, live through it and just how excited, you know, how excited they were to have like an alternative football product back, back then. Right. The NFL was King, but at the same time, like it came about in a time where the NFL was kind of going through a little, they were like, I'm not going to say decline, but they were a little, they were like plateaued. Um, not fun. The no fun league. The no fun league. Right. It, you know, you watch uh, one of my favorite, th- I think it's the 30 for 30 on the 85 bears. And they, they mention this, they talk about it or they do documentaries and stuff about this, um, you know, about this era and how just boring football hit like the NFL presentation had become how uh, tough they were on certain things. So, and, and people view the NFL like that for a lot of reasons, right? I think the rules have gotten um, too much in some cases, right? And that's why, like, the desire, the clamoring for alternative football is so high. At least I think it is. Um, it's so high. And, and it was back then. It, it was back then. The 85 Bears ended up bringing – ended up bringing the, the, the current, you know, or the, the then NFL back to back on top because they were so cool and mainstream. But, um, but I, I really do believe it. It's, it's important for the game of football that we love so much um, to just have those alternative perspectives. And, 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 and you're right, whether it's, you know, um, like you said, whether it succeeds or fails, it's it's good for the National Football League. Either a, the product will be so bad, the on field football will be so bad, people will be like, oh my god, I can't wait to watch Daniel Jones play professional football again. That's how bad it get, it can get. Um, the rule changes have been so important, you know, to the game. Every time a new league pops up, rule changes happen for the National Football League, and it only benefits. It, it just it makes things better. It makes the game more fun. Um, I don't think there's going to be any league that challenges the NFL as far as player salary anymore. But back then the USFL um, was a big proponent of changing it. Salaries were kind of flatlined in the NFL, you know, where especially like it, it's, sh- we, we think we look back at the early nineties, right? We looked back at early nineties quarterback pay and it's really like, in- it's, it's insignificant compared to like now, Right, like guys like Jim Kelly and stuff were making just above a million dollars a season. All right, USFL got it to that, helped get it to that point from where it was. Guys were doing like low six figures for a season of football, like it's which is it's it's a nice amount of money, but it sounds small and ridiculous right now. Right, it 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 sounds absolutely like insane that guys were putting their bodies on the line for. 200k a season like qb1 like franchise quarterbacks 200,000 i think the league minimum now is 750,000 right i i I think i think it is 750,000 i think is veteran minimum i think so seeing something here just kind of looking up in like 1980 uh Walter Payton 
was making $500,000, which yeah. <laughs> for him. Uh, well, he is at that point. What, what year did you say? 1980. So he's at its height. So he's the highest uh, led all non-quarterbacks with $500,000. But then we mentioned before talking about, you know, paying people, even though this was a little bit different. Uh, Steve Young's USFL contract, which was what? 10 years, 40 million. Oh yeah. 10 years, $40 million. That's what it was on paper, but it was more like 40, but it'd be paid over 43 years, but still though, it's kind of like now when we look at, when we look at what these guys are getting paid now, you know, what Vaughn Miller's getting Tyreek Hill, we're, we're looking at the number, not in how it's getting paid out. Right. See somebody back in 1984 get paid. What for my math is horrible <laughs> for I'm going to 4 million. Did I divide that? Right. Mm, yeah. Something like that. Yeah. $4 million a year compared to Walter Payton, probably like, one of the biggest stars in the NFL getting paid 500 K right. It's it's that's a massive difference. A massive. Difference. How could you not want to, like, I'm sure there's a lot of players who are, who were tempted to go there, right. To, to jump ship. I don't know if they knew, you know, a lot of them obviously had some foresight as to know the longevity of the USFL, but man, what an awesome payday that would have been, you know, comparatively back then. Walter Payton was that dude. He was that dude back then and half a million dollars per season in 1980. It'd be geez. That's, that's like dirt money. <laughs> I mean, it was probably good money back then. Yeah. But even still, it just like, isn't it weird how football like makes you just like, it diminishes the power of money, like in, in your mind, like everyone's like, man, what would you do if you want a million dollars? I'm like, Oh, that ain't shit. I want, <laughs> I want $28 million like QB ones over here. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's funny, but it, when putting yourself into the, into the perspective of that time, uh, I mean, that's a, that's an incredible payout. And the NFL had to adjust that to keep players to keep from the, their biggest players from leaving. Um, you know, it, it's, it's, it's always been one of those things and where it's not just the USFL, you know, it's every single startup at a, you know, pro football league has helped the, the NFL in in some instance, what it, at least progressing it forward. All right. The AAFC, the AFL, um, the AAFL, there's been, um, oh, Jesus, uh, XFL, you know, has helped push the barrier. You have to have these alternates or else the game is going to get stagnant. That's, that's just the way it, it, not just, just every, not just the game, but the financial, you know, the, the financial benefits. We see this in, in business all the time. And that's what professional football is. It's a business. If you don't have that competitive aspect, you're not going to try and change things and make them better. Look how, I mean, I'm honestly surprised at, you know, some of the, some of the rule changes that the NFL has had, but 
my God, can you imagine if there was a company that can, uh, like a pro football company that actually rivaled them and, and, and how much energy they'd put into putting out a better product? That, I mean, we lived through the Monday Night Wars. And pro wrestling, right. We, we did. Example. WCW was coming up and Vince McMahon was like, dude, I can't do, do the dumpster drozy anymore or <laughs> those gimmicky guys i gotta kind of i can do a gimmick but i can't do a gimmick so good or bad it i feel it pushes you forward i've i mean ecw was little not to go into like a pro wrestling type thing but i think it pushed the other guys forward as well sure did and this is in 82 also if you think about 82 as a strike I obviously did not see the 82 season, but the way that it looks like certain teams just, I don't think played up to their potential. You only got a nine game season and you've seen it with, uh, I've seen it with major league baseball. I don't know if it's exactly the same, but when your players go on strike or there's a lockout or anything like that, it kind of leaves like a black eye on things. Right. 1994, the only year, to my knowledge, that there was no World Series in baseball. And I was a, like any kid growing up in the 80s, early 90s. Baseball was still king to me over football. I would, could sit there and watch a baseball game. I played baseball and everything else. Then after 94, it was a little bit different because it kind of left like, oh, there was no baseball. I got to go find something else to do. Football was there. It was hugging me. And I think that was kind of a turnaround point for me as well, is that football was there. Right. And it was fun. It was entertaining. You get guys like Dion and everything else. But the other great thing that the secondary leagues do, and we talked about this in our what if, uh, if the NFL had a minor league, it gives these guys that maybe they were too short, thought they were too slow because they're in the, you know, going into the NFL draft or they have to keep compete in training camp against other draft picks, a chance to show you can play in a game. You can play in a game with some sort of talent around you. Right. Um, Flutie benefited from that. Warren Moon benefited from that, that, that aspect, you know, it wasn't necessarily the USFL, but they benefited from that aspect of having an alternative thing. We're not talking today about, you know, Warren Moon being one of the greatest quarterbacks in, in pro football history. If he doesn't get that opportunity to go to the CFL and go to an alternate product, Doug Flutie, um, you know, as far his legacy is more so because of his short stature, nobody thought he could play in the NFL. And then he eventually did. He, he had like a very, very long career. I think he came out in like 86, 87. He went to, the, I think the bear scoop drafted him or they, they picked him up undrafted. I, I can't remember his exact story, but he went there, you know, he went there. He had a couple different stints. Um, you know, he, he had his big stint in the CFL. He's an absolute legend in there. And, you know, he made a name for himself. Kurt Warner, one of the greatest underdog stories of all time. He, it, you know, I, I watched, the, I seen the American underdog movie and it was, you know, it was what it was. I didn't hate it. 
I thought I found it relatively enjoyable, but it was kind of cool to see, you know, his struggles like him. And I know I'm sure some of it was, uh, was accentuated for, for movie and dramatic purposes, but to see his struggle trying to make it into the national football league, not being able to, and then going to tear it up, going to an alternative product in the, in the arena football league, making money, making a name for himself, and then finally getting his opportunity at, at being, you know, a, a, a national football league quarterback. And he, he paved a hall hall of fame career because of it. And, you know, I, it's easy for me to name the quarterbacks. There's a ton of players who, you know, benefited from going away and coming back. You know, we, we see it often, but man, it is like, you have to, you, you truly have to, there are not enough football, like football player jobs out there in this world after college. You know what I mean? And I, I know it's, 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 it's may sound like a participation trophy kind of thing where, Oh, not everybody can just have a job in football, but my God, why not? Why not more football? Why, why not? Why not give these guys opportunities? There's talented people out there who don't, who can't find the way into the national football league, give them that opportunity to shine. Sure. The biggest names are always going to be in the national, in the NFL. It's how it's going to be. And it's going to be for the foreseeable future, but give these guys a platform to, 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 to change. Cause I mean, again, after college, it's it's the NFL or, or nothing or you're you're going to you know you're you're following through on your co- collegiate degree you're working at a grocery store whatever it may be it, it's you know I feel like there's there's entertainment value and, and player value in, in more alternative football product yeah oh yeah because that was the big thing with this USFL is Bobby Bear, who actually did go on to have an NFL career talked about he was living in Michigan uh, on welfare. And then all of a sudden, next thing you know, he's playing in the USFL, making about a hundred thousand dollars a year. That's, that's pretty impressive. And the, when we did the bills episode, you know, how did the bills become the nineties bills? It, the majority of those players were guys. I mean, Kelly was going to go to the, the NFL anyways. A lot of those players were guys from the USFL. I mean, I know he missed the kick. Scott Norwood, Ken Hall, Ray Bentley. Those were key components, even though they weren't huge names, but those were key components in Bill Polian worked in the USFL. Right. And it's one of those things that you can find that diamond in the rough and a league like this can kind of polish it up and then you can finish polishing up to where you, you might not get the Hall of Famer, the superstar, but you could get a good player in, in a salary cap era in the NFL. Isn't that what you're looking for? Just a good player most of the time? To, then you can surround them around other great players? <sighs> More, yeah, good, good players, great, you know, great players, affordable players. Um, like literally, this sounds like Chris Ballard's wet dream. Um, he hates to spend money on people and loves to develop and groom. But that's sort of, but it's true. It's it's a hundred percent true that 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 aspect of it. Why wouldn't you want to pick up a, a great talented player who's also a great person for a mill or two mill a season? 
You know what I mean? That it, it leaves so much more room to, to, to sign other big name talent, you know, to, to it, it's, it's, it's one of those things that I, I wish the NFL would be more active and encourage. I know they're doing some partnership with the rocks version of the XFL, but I, I, again, I, I don't know how, I, I think that's it. That's kind of become eventually become like a feeder program. There's some kind of legitimate partnership deal between those two, but um, it should be more, more vastly encouraged, uh, you know, from the national football league it, to create, to help create those stars. Listen, co- I mean, Jesus college isn't for every, everybody, right. It, yeah. We know how we've seen and heard how difficult the college athletic being a college athlete is college is hard enough on its own to be a college athlete to a college football player, two a days, the travel, getting homework done, passing. You got a big time university mostly. And it's, it's a lot. It, it is a lot. That's why it, it get, that's why, you know, it's part of the reason why I absolutely encourage, um, you know, alternative means for, for people to get jobs in football. I really, truly do. You know, when you ask the question though, too, is, is some of these guys that are in the NFL, the ultimate goal is the NFL. Always. But would you rather be the third string quarterback on an NFL team? And it, it, it could differ from everybody, but I think this is a great question. Would you rather be, or in any position, the second, third string guy in the NFL, or would you rather be the starter in one of these secondary leagues? And that's, I think that's a very compelling question to see where, I think it's one of those things where you can see where your love of the game is. 100%. I, I, you know, it's, it's true. It's like, uh, well, what's the the phrase? Sometimes you have to take a step back to take a step forward. Um, You know, guys putting some good, good film on, you know, just some good stuff on tape, right? Good, good plays uh, gets people opportunity. Tommy, Tommy Maddox benefited from, uh, was he, was he in the NFL before? He went yeah, to the XFL. He, he was, wow. That was a huge controversy because they drafted him in the first round in like 91 or 92. And the okay. Broncos still had John Elway. Right. So it was like, it's supposed to be John Elway's heir apparent. But, and I think that was a big riff. They caused a riff between, I don't think they always got along, but R- Reeves and Elway, it caused a bigger riff there. And he just, Tommy Maddox stunk. Just was horrible in the nfl right you know his first ten, his first ride but as you were as you were getting into his second stint right he came back and he was the starter in pittsburgh for like a season right mm-hmm. didn't wasn't he didn't he succeed uh cordell he su- succeeded cordell stewart yeah touchdown tommy maddox i think he led him to the playoffs maybe i was gonna say i feel like i seen playoff footage with them he was a great bridge quarterback. Yeah, because he was there from 2001 to 2005. Okay, so yeah, he he bridged Stewart to Roethlisberger, which that's not bad if you can find a guy like that. You know, bridge quarterbacks are big. Hey, hey there's a legitimate market for him. There's a legitimate market for him. So, um, so yeah, it's it's. It, it, it's, it's a great point, you know, to, to, to make the most of, of those opportunities. There's a lot of guys who I feel like would benefit from taking a step back and putting some stuff on film and, and, you know, in a, in a 
subpar league. I understand it, it, it might devalue them, but it also could increase their value. People live, I think too much in the here and now, and they don't, they, they don't want to do that. Um, Cause it can be done in the national football league. It most certainly can. Uh, Jameis Winston is an example. I'm going to go to the quarterback references because it's everybody's favorite position. Usually Jameis Winston. All right, coming off of his rookie deal, was looking for $30 million per season from the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They're like, no, we're not giving that to you. You're gone. He took a step back. He played for the Saints for $1 million per year. Holy shit. That's drastic. That's less than he was making off his rookie deal. $1 million. I think that was his deal. You know, and listen, it paid off in dividends. He stuck with it. And now he's got a starter job. He's making, I think, $14 million a year. But there are some players that legitimately could, you know, take a step back, go dominate in those one of those leagues, and then jump forward. I and, and this is, I mean, slightly controversial. This might be a slightly controversial thing, but uh, I know Colin Kaepernick is a, is a, is a, you know a, a, a tough name. You know, we all everybody loves hearing that name. Um, that's uh, <laughs> you know, I feel like you can he can go if if his opportunity to be want to be a starter, he could really go in and torch people in some of these secondary leagues, and then you have that film, and everyone's like, wow. He's actually not that bad, or he's really, really bad. He can't cut it. It's one of those things. It, it completely is. Um, Johnny football has been trying that for a little while yeah. too. He's playing that like three on three football or whatever in Canada or whatever the heck it was again. So oh, bad. that where the fans pick the plays fan choice football and the field's yeah, like 20 yards. Is. Yeah. That's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's. I don't know about that, but but it's football. It's football. I guess. I, I just I just don't see why people knock it so hard for what it is. Uh, I think the greatest thing about the last last ride with you know something of this nature was with the XFL. And there wasn't too many like ooh ahs, but PJ Walker, I turned in. A bunch. I turned in for Houston games. Yeah, because of what PJ Walker can do, and I think those are the things that you can get. Even though, I mean, he hasn't had the giant NFL career, but it still got him into the NFL because he could sit there and he could show, like you said, get tape out there somebody's going to see it. Sorry. My, my dog found Easter grass for some reason. And he's chewing on it. Um, awesome. It's not Easter time yet. Okay. Uh, anyways. Yeah. <laughs> PJ Walker was the biggest standout star. He was like, I mean, people were slating him MVP for like X that XFL season. Like COVID killed that thing. And I, like, I was so disappointed when they pulled the plug on that season. That was that was sad. We were so excited, but, but, you know, we, we, you know, with our management and doing the social media page, we see that people legit, like there are people who are really, really excited, but there's always those detractors that are just like, just why, 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 what, you know what I mean? We, we see it all the time on, on, on social media. 
But I think that comes into the love of the game aspect as well as how much I, I don't want to say it, you know, anything bad, but do you love the game of, of football or do you love NFL? It's the same thing with college in a way, right? Are you just going to, are you just going to grab anything and take it in as long as it's football or are you just going to be, I'm just going to be the NFL. Are you going to be the guy that goes, I only wear Nike shoes and they have to be Jordans. Or are you going to be the guy like, Hey, I got these sweet pair of Adidas at shoe carnival and I'm still going to wear them anyways, even though I didn't get the Jordans at foot locker. Right. So I think it's, are you going to take in everything that you, that you know, that you love, even though it's not to par what the top of that industry is? Or are you just going to do it because you love, you love it because you love it? Yeah, it's, it's, it's one of those things. And, you know, I find myself back in that corner a little bit sometimes. It's been hard for me to grasp college football. I'd like to take a little bit more vested interest in it. Um, Cause you know, people on our show, like Brian and Ryan, they, they view it as, you know, the purest form of football, one of the best forms of football, uh, you know, not so much glitz and glamor, just, just, just pro football. Uh, but yeah, people aren't, there's a lot, a lot of people who just aren't like up for the change up for new possibilities with, with football. And it's, it's kind of sad to see the, you know, people close minded. I get it to an extent because none of them have really succeeded. Uh, you know, the, the national football league pretty much has a monopoly on pro football. It does. It, it, it does has a monopoly on it you know, and no stars really get out and go. Nobody's going to come out of the draft and, you know, they're not going to do like a, uh, you know, hold separate drafts. And somebody's going to be like, yeah, I'm going to choose the XFL over the national football league, or I'm going to choose the new USFL over the national football league. Nobody dreamed of playing for the XFL. It's, you know, it's, it's, it's like that, but I, I don't know. I, I feel like it's a nice fallback for a lot of people to get, get some, just get some opportunities. And like I said, I love football. I, I mean, I sit here in the off season. I know you do it too with your boys. And, you know, I sit here, I, I rewatch old games. You know, I, I, I sit here and rewatch old games, just try to capture the excitement, the moment, the, the game flow and just appreciate it. Like I, I had NFL game pass up this, this past weekend and I was watching like old stuff just, just for the heck of it just because I wanted to. And, you know, but how cool would it be just kind of sit down and just, just take a look at it, just alternate thing. I, I don't see any harm in it. Like pro wrestling fans right now, again, going back to pro wrestling, it's so easy to compare because that's, you know, it. how many pro wrestling is so accessible on television and internet right now. So accessible. Uh, and it's never like for pro wrestling fans. I, I mean, I, do I care about the content anymore? No, but if you're a diehard, if you're really into like pro wrestling, like I used to be, you got to be in heaven right now. You can, you know, turn on one channel. There's WWE, turn on another channel. There's AEW, uh, ring of honors coming back. You have, you know, all sorts of local independent wrestling. There's stuff, there's like stuff in Japan. There's, there's so many alternatives and it, Every time the competition has always made things better. There's everything has like some, a niche, a role to fill. And I think it should be encouraged more. 
Yeah, I really do. Yeah. I, I, I just know I'm really looking forward to this and I pretty much picked my USFL team based on watching the 30 for 30 small potatoes oh. <laughs> and seeing, uh, seeing what the ta- the old Tampa Bay bandits were all about. And I was like, I, I think I would like that if that transfers over, but I'm, I'm ready. Like just to sit down and watch this and see what these guys can do and see who is going to be the next person that somebody's going to talk about, you know, the next kind of PJ Walker, even though they don't become a starter, but get that opportunity. I know we're big components of that is going out there and guys just getting opportunity and getting paid, you know, getting that shot. And I can't wait to, you know, sit down and watch it. I know it probably seems wonky and everybody says, well, I don't know who any of these guys are, but you might someday, you might someday, you might someday, but that's also kind of the fun thing. You don't know everybody on an NFL. You haven't seen everybody on an NFL roster, but now this is completely fresh and you get to be at the ground floor of it. Watch it, check it out you might actually find some favorite player to this day. We still talk about, he hate me from the XFL and auctioned off two of his jerseys at my stag party. See, and then you might find that favorite player. This might be something that you really enjoy, even though it's like I said, it's during the spring. Maybe you'd rather be outside or doing something, but it's football. It's football. It's there. Take it in. Enjoy it find a team, find a favorite player, root for that team. It's no different than the NFL in my mind, other than talent level, but there are stars to be made in this league. Absolutely. So, yeah. So that's, I mean, a wrap for this episode. I I think we we've said all we can say Um, for those who don't know, like usually we do these discussion episodes about really our mainline subject. And the USFL is our mainline subject for the month of April. Um, we already did a USFL episode two years ago. I yeah. know we did it when I was recording out of my basement at my last apartment. Um, after the first podcast precinct got shut down, I do remember recording that one. So, um, so it's been, it's, it's honestly, it's probably been a little less, a little more than two, two, two years. Holy shit. Two years ago, uh, that we did this episode, that episode, but, um, we're going to focus on some names that's, you know, we're, we're important in the, in the USFL. That's going to be our subject matter for the, the coming, uh, you know, for the coming month. Um, I, did we do a Jim Kelly episode? I, I gotta, I gotta look back. We might've, I might've did a Jim Kelly episode or a Steve I, Young or I, I, I never did a, I never did a Jim Kelly or a Steve. I might have did one pre you. I might have. I don't even know if I would do a Jim Kelly one. Douchebag. Um, <laughs> maybe a Steve Young. I don't know. I got to look and see what we've done and uh, and go from there. But um, but yeah, we're going to be talking about some of the biggest names uh, from the USFL who kind of made, you know, it was a nice launching pad uh, for their careers. So, uh, Andrew, is there anything you want to add before we close up shop? Oh, that's, that's everything. Solid episode, solid episode. Well, everybody, thank you so much for tuning in. We appreciate you as always, of course. Have a great weekend. 
All right, we'll talk to you. We'll be back Monday with uh, another what if. And of course, we have our daily podcast. You can uh, go go back through. Yeah, it was tons of stuff, uh, non-time sensitive stuff. If you're if you're you know feeling bored, you want to listen to us on a weekend, uh, we'd be very, very happy to, to get them clicks. So uh, that is it. On behalf of Andrew and I, till next time, the two-point conversation is good. <laughs> Yeah, spot. Look at the aid! Look at the aid!